Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Glad you're with us across the Outkick Network. Outkick 360, the final hour is here. As we broadcast from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine right in the heart of Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. Titans get the win over Jacksonville yesterday. It was a yawner. Uh, Paul, I, I tweeted out, uh, or I put it on Instagram, something. I'm sure Chad saw this. Um I took a photo of the stadium. I said, I decided to come to this beatdown. I saw This week 14 beatdown. It was, was on your just, Insta story, Hutton. That's where you. it was. There was just this feeling that the Titans were not going to have a moment like we've seen with Houston and New York, uh, mainly because we, we know this Jags team. Th- this is laydown season for Jacksonville. Always has been, except for 2017. This is white flag season for the Jacksonville Jaguars. That is, that's the identity of their organization. And the Titans used their identity yesterday and did it through defense and did just enough on offense, starting with the opening possession, to win the game. Came off a bye, healthier, fresher, faster. Used their identity. What we mean there is used what their identity is now. And their identity now is a lot different than what we expected their identity to be this season, what it was earlier this season. Without Derrick Henry, without A.J. Brown – uh, with Julio Jones just coming back, what, four catches for 33 yards. It was nice. It was something. He didn't get hurt, but he wasn't a dominant force by any means. Offense is struggling. Uh, they got 102 yards mm-hmm. running, but it took a lot of carries to get there. Ryan Tannehill got sacked four times. He was getting knocked around. He didn't throw a touchdown. He scored one running. But they did what uh, I think we expected them to do defensively, dominated up front, knocked Lawrence around. I didn't expect four in- interceptions, but um, they got four interceptions. And after two games where they were minus nine, they flipped the turnover script to plus four. And I thought most importantly, they let a bad team be bad. They didn't give them any opportunities with the Titans' own badness. They played clean. And, and when it required them to sit back and watch two wide receivers run into each other and knock each other down <laughs> – they, they sat back and laughed at it. Kevin Byard said, yeah, laughed at it and thought those guys are in a bad place. Well, they let those guys be in a bad place. And sometimes it really is that simple. Harold Landry said, sometimes it's about letting the other team make its mistakes. And the Tennessee Titans were smart enough and good enough to do that yesterday when they weren't that way against bad Jets team and against a bad Texans team earlier this season. Well, the defense was more than expected for me. Pitching a shutout is great. First time at home since 2000. Since Christmas. Christmas Day 2000. 2000 We talked about this when we had Quincy Carter on a couple weeks ago. It was Anthony Wright. I was thinking it was him, but it was actually Anthony Wright. It was a miserably freezing cold Christmas night. I mean, I thought defensively they were better than I could have expected, even against a, a bad Jags offense, which Hutton, you're right, is in laydown season right now. Offensively, they still have to figure a way to be better. Even without A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry, they can't protect 
I think the most alarming thing to me is Ryan Tannehill getting killed in that game. Um, the, the game plan for the Titans right now, what, what are they successful with? It's a Buffalo Bills-like approach. Their best running option might be Ryan Tannehill. You know, one of the biggest runs of the game was him scrambling and getting the big first down pickup, getting hit late on that opening drive that set up the Titans for that touchdown, the rushing touchdown. 17-yard run for Ryan and then a 15-yard penalty on top of the 17-yard run. And then a rushing touchdown also in the game for, for Tannehill. Um, just too much. They're asking a little bit too much of Tannehill right now. I think running, and I, I know this isn't by design with him running, but running, passing, they need some guys to step up offensively, starting with that offensive line. Offensive line's got to be better. They've got to protect better against that Jags front than they did yesterday. Well, since week nine, Ryan Tannehill has three rushing touchdowns. That's one fewer than his passing touchdowns since week nine. He has four of those, three rushing. Not what you want. And that number is two fewer than his interception total of six since week nine. Not what you want. Um, His passer rating ranks behind quarterbacks such as Davis Mills, Andy Dalton, Justin Fields, Trevor Simeon, Taylor Heineke, and Colt McCoy. 28 players rank ahead of them. And Cam Newton is 1% behind them. Cam Newton's back. Group. I heard um, from Chad. Not back. Not back. Here, here's, wrong. Here's, the, here's what they have to figure out on offense. It's not how do they get going. Because they, they found a way to get going yesterday, which is rare. The first quarter opening drive touchdown. We've seen that happen three times now where they go in their opening drive and get points like it's that. good drive. Solid. The methodical drive, the multiple formations and uh, personnel, really, really good. Oh, that was the first time since when they've scored in the first quarter? I know you had this last night on TV. It's been a while. Or first drive. Since the Titans have scored in the oh, first since quarter the Kansas, touchdown. Since the Kansas City yes, game. Yes, since the Kansas it's City a game, a first quarter ago. touchdown, which is crazy. Their opening possession. and they, they So they had 101 yards of total offense in the first quarter yesterday. And that's just the third time all season that they've had more than 100 yards of total offense in the first quarter. But here's the problem with that. Um, their first three drives, 74 yards, 47 yards, 62 yards. Rest so they, of the game. They were moving it. After that, so uh, first three drives, 34 plays for 183 total yards. After that, 35 plays for 80 yards. So the valve turns off. Jacksonville is allowed to be good on defense, and I know Vrabel respects their defense because he talks about them a lot and their personnel and what they can do. Um. Yeah, I mean that. They also like th- to this, go. This offense should be better. They also like to go conservative. They would chop off probably the fourth quarter and say they were in four minutes and all of that, which you know you give them a little leeway there. It's not enough. It's not enough. And look, if you look at this game, Titans averaged three point eight yards per offensive play. So did the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, really, the big difference here is the Titans went two for three in the red zone, and the Jaguars went. Are you ready for this? Zero for zero. <laughs> Jaguars didn't get inside the twenty. So, again, that's more defensive than it is uh, offensive. Well, uh, the, you know, Titans are doing enough. They're, but they're not. That's right. That's it. And they can't. They, and they're doing. They're, their formula is okay. Like their, their formula should have been enough to win in New England if they don't turn the football over. Um, their formula is good enough to win yesterday, that, which is just play with a lead, run the clock, run the football, play with your identity, and then play solid defense and force and create your own turnovers. Here's the problem with their offense right now, though. There is zero explosion, and we touched on it earlier. No one respects their passing game, including Ryan Tannehill. No one's respecting him either with what he's going to do with the football because they have exactly one passing play of 20 yards or more 
since the baddest man in the NFL got hurt. One. That is, their, their passing game is confined, confined to a very small box of 20 yards and in. And that's all you have to know about this pass. If it's third and long, you've got them. You keep everything well, in so front that, of you. This, this offense is going to move the football unless they're running it and they're playing with a lead. And that's, that one passing play of over 20 yards was the Swaim screen pass yesterday, right? Yes. The that's swaim, it. That, the was, that was a play. very well-designed play. It's funny. I never noticed this before in my life. The 10 longest plays for the Titans yesterday, the way they're listed, the longest play, 39 yards, which is a Swaim 24-yard gain plus a low block penalty for 15 yards. And the second longest play is 32 yards. Tannehill's scramble for 17 yards plus the 15-yard penalty. I've never seen them group. Like, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm oblivious to this. I've never seen them. Well, that was the offense the yesterday. Long, well, yeah. let me, and let the me, third longest play is a 16-yard uh, pass to Julio I, Jones. I like comparing because it puts things in perspective here. And the offenses are not the same. The situations are not the same. Taysom Hill. He has 66 pass attempts since week nine. He has two more completions of 20 yards or more than Ryan Tannehill does right now. Now, I'm sympathetic. Hill. I'm sympathetic to Tannehill yesterday because I felt he was under more regular and consistent pressure yesterday than he had been in some of these other games. The protection yesterday was less satisfactory than it was. I thought he had more opportunities against New England and uh, against New Orleans in the two losses than he did uh, in this win, really. Um, and, and that's got to change. Saffold fell out again yesterday twice. Yeah. I believe he didn't finish. Um, I don't Bre- think he did. Brewer was in. Brewer had been pretty good in the two starts for Nate Davis. But again, it's not so much about that as it is about the consistency of the guys together. And they're just not together and the guy who really skates here because we wind up talking about Saffold being in and out and Lawan and his contract and all that David Questenberry is not a top five offensive lineman period no he's playing and they exalt him but they're doing this because uh again we go back to last year when Wilson was a complete bust and this year where Raiden's again yesterday is a healthy scratch You'll love this because we've talked about this with some of these guys. We talked about it with Josh Reynolds, who was a bust, who was always last in line for drills, which is a problem. I got a problem with Dylan Radins, and people will make fun of me this and say I see something. He, and I think you've pointed this out before, is in front of the damn heater in street clothes blocking it from guys who are in the game. <laughs> He's crouched on a knee in a long sleeve, you know, kind of thermal thing, and it's taking up half the heater. And I'm thinking, there are guys beyond you who are in the game, sitting on the bench right now looking to warm up. And you don't have this self-awareness to realize that you're blocking the heat. You can go put on a damn parka. Yeah, you, you can put more layers on and not have to worry about it. You can use hot hands. Just doesn't seem like bright on that level. Is that me making too much of something or is that me reading into a signal? I don't think there's any signal too negative to not read into at this point. <laughs> take them all, right? I think you take every the, – the big signals that are out there, 
which we've hit on, and the small signals, you can read into all of them. So they like to look at the Wilson bust and Raiden's not panning out and say, oh, but look, we found David Quesenberry. This is a great story, cancer survivor, and he's our starting right tackle. And isn't it great? And the, even the media guys, you know, roll them out there a lot to talk. David Quesenberry's not good. He's not good. Well, He's not a starting NFL right tackle. But, Paul, you're not drafting right tackle in the second round if you really believe you found David Quesenberry. I know. Like he's they a starter. Do, That's they, the problem. But what you they can't, do is there when, is no defense of When it. he doesn't pan out, they say, we're okay because we've got David Quesenberry which is not the right way but to look at it. Who's no. arguing that? They well, they're arguing it by putting it out But they there. argued against it by drafting a right tackle in the second round. But no, they're, they're, they're kind of saying now, though, but we're okay because we've got David Quesenberry. No, what they're saying is D- Dylan Radins is a complete bust who isn't capable of being better than David Quesenberry, who's not a starting right tackle. They talk up David Quesenberry a lot, like he's doing well, and he's not. No. Uh, a lot of heat. Coming off the edges Look, yesterday. It's not from I that know. heater because Raiden's is blocking. John Robinson became the first, certainly, Titan, maybe in the NFL. No. GM to have six straight winning seasons to start. Not, no, he's not first the for the NFL. organization. First for the organization. Yeah. Um, the the uh, organization had Pittsburgh, seven straight. Pittsburgh will see you and raise you about that, 50 that's true. years. Yeah, they've, they've had a few of those. Um, but he's done that with, I don't know how you could miss worse on right tackle. I agree. A very important position. Isn't that remarkable? That they continue to win, and I mean, we're talking not just a swing and a miss like this guy's out of the league in four years and he's not that good. These guys can't find the field. Isaiah Wilson and now Dylan Radens, they may not ever play in the NFL. That's where my case a for keeping Taylor Lewan next year starts. second round right tackle. That's where my case for keeping Lewan next year starts. Well, he needs to stay healthy the rest of the way Yeah, to prove a point there. Um Coming up, let, let's get in further to the, the weeds here of how the Titans are doing this because regardless of how bad, and the offense has been bad, they can cover it up however they want and say they're doing just enough and they, they scored 20 points and they shut out Jacksonville and all that. They didn't turn it over. That's the formula that they have to play with because their offense is so bad. Uh, we'll put in perspective of how they're not pushing the field and why and looking at the – and doing – my math's not great. Uh, I did not go to, to, to school uh, for, for anything involving um, calculus, Paul. They've scored 46 points over their last three games. And came 30, out two and two. 46 points over the last three games. But there's a formula that they're following that's allowing them to continue to win, which they do get credit for, and Absolutely. which can win them the number one overall seed. We'll discuss all that and more straight ahead, and we'll discuss Julio Jones and his return um, if, is, is what we saw yesterday about what we should expect from Julio Jones? Can there be more there until A.J. Brown gets back? A lot to dive into, plus Paul tells what Vrabel had to say today in assessing the victory over Jacksonville as we look ahead on OutKick 360. Top performers from the NFL weekend. Welcome back. Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network. Tom Brady gets it done again. Amazing. I mean, the guy's going to, I mean, it's hard to believe he doesn't already own every quarterback record, but every week we continue to add to the list, Paul. Fantastic performance yesterday. Yeah, I'm still unclear on what the two records were. So yesterday (laughs) through his 700th pass, at 700th touchdown pass, they had a, a, a ball boy in the end zone to make sure it didn't get <laughs> given away. 
like guarding, like Marcel Marceau, like making sure it didn't go out. But earlier this season, we saw his 600th touchdown pass given away. So it's his 700th overall touchdown pass and his 600th regular season touchdown pass. That's how I understand it. So which one, like if you're counting, are you counting on both of those clocks or one? Like it's weird to me you'd count both. It's weird because um, it happened October 24th, the 600th that was thrown to the crowd. But everywhere I go, it doesn't specify regular season. Every story I've read. It said 600. Tom Brady tosses 600th touchdown pass of his illustrious career. And like, then so yesterday last night was, they said 700th. I was like, whoa, that was quick 600. Oh, here, here it is, the next paragraph. The 600 regular season TD passes for Brady, 683 if you include the playoffs in parentheses. So 17 since then gets the 700 combined. It's just kind of weird. They're usually kept very separate. Yeah. Um, so seeing them kind of stacked on top of each other is a little weird. Uh, tonight's Monday Night Football matchup should be really good. I, I mentioned uh, I'm, I'm on Zach Ertz getting 40 or more receiving yards. FanDuel.com slash OK360. Uh, big winners yesterday uh, if, if you had the Chargers. Justin Herbert made this one touchdown throw oh. that is just gorgeous. I mean, amazing. 63 yards in the air? In the air. And it was off his back foot. I mean, the, the way he just lets it rip and it puts it right on the money. Um, I'm telling you, if you if if you had a player draft today, I think Herbert may go number one. I think so too. He may go number one overall among any organization that had the first pick of their of their choice. And I know the Dolphins are playing a lot better, but they're never going to let that go. I mean, it, Tua's never going to be anything close to Herbert, and they passed on him. A uh, massive day for Micah Parsons. That guy's. He could so, win defensive player of the yes, year. Yes, everyone's saying rookie, rookie defensive, defensive player of the year. Player of the year. I'm thinking the way both. this guy's playing, he's the best defensive player in the NFL today. How sweet would it be to put those trophies next to each other on your case? Well, we know how this works. They'll, they'll hand out multiple awards to different players. Probably. It's so wrong. But, but who's defensive Can player of the year? Can we get to a world where the, the MVP, the best player, regardless the offense Dallas or defense? He's, he's quieted down a little bit. Diggs? Diggs. They were putting it on yesterday. Eric Stokes has been really good, too. The Green Bay corner from Georgia as a rookie. It, it is hard to, uh, to argue. Without back, he'll have a little less room. Hard to argue against what Parsons is doing in his rookie season. Just out, he, he's outstanding got all game the yesterday buzz against Washington. Right he's got all the buzz. Um, By the way, amazing how many people in our YouTube chat are of the just give Raiden's time crowd. You guys aren't giving him enough time. Unbelievable. He's a rookie. He's going to contribute and be a starter next year. They also think he's not active on I, game days. We shouldn't ask Vrabel about Cunningham. Yeah, if the, um, here's the thing with the time thing. And we didn't ask A.J. Brown if he needed more time to come in and make an impact. No, give him more time. If, if you're able to play, you'll play. If you're not good, you're inactive. Kevin Byard was, was a third rounder. We didn't ask him for time. Well, you shouldn't. Well, just ask yourself this. How many second-round picks at right tackle – would not be active on game day with David Quesenberry as the starting right tackle for any yeah. NFL team. And that's rhetorical. Any NFL team. That's rhetorical. Go home. Go, go and go and through the list and find and me guys who aren't that are going to turn out to be great pros at their position. You're not going to find one. Uh, finally, on the superlatives for the week, Jimmy Garoppolo deserves a standing ovation. Six for six passing in overtime. 78 yards. 
half of the completions and half of the yardage went to George Kittle. I mean, that they have this connection now that's hard to stop. And then their defense is very opportunistic. They built a big lead. Cincinnati got back in it. And then the 49ers won in overtime late. Stay healthy, Jimmy. Yes. Uh, good for Jimmy Garoppolo, who's playing very well right now for Shanahan. After they tr- made the big trade, went out and got Trey Lance in the draft, all the talk was that they were either going to trade Garoppolo or by middle of the season, Trey Lance was going to be taken over. That is not the case. And, and for good reason. Garoppolo's not giving them any reason to, to play the rookie right now. One Titans transaction note, uh, Brady Breeze, the seventh-round safety, who I'm sure they were intending to put back on their practice squad, will not be back because the uh, Titans to Lions pipeline has uh, claimed its second victim, and he will now be a teammate of Josh Reynolds in Detroit. One main difference with those two. Brady Breeze didn't ask out. He cares. He did not. He did not ask. Yeah, he cares. That's right. Um, as for the Titans, as we try to survey what's going on here, because offensively they have some struggles. They've got to find some explosion. That only comes with A.J. Brown getting back. How much can Julio Jones give them? That is a huge storyline over the next four games. Because if he's only capable of what he did yesterday, that's not enough to get above the hump offensively to put up some points when you have to. Yesterday they didn't have to. There was zero threat of anything happening on the opposite sideline. Um, they, they played a formula in New England that was good enough to win if they don't turn it over. They didn't turn it over yesterday. Teams that didn't turn it over yesterday, 9-2. and two. The two teams that lost, Houston and New York, the Jets. Here's the thing about Julio Jones to me. Even if he's playing his best and he doubles his numbers from yeah. yesterday, he's not changing the way they're covering them because he's not going to blaze by any corner in the league. He's physical. All right, if you hit him on the right routes and you set things up correctly, maybe he gets some yak on the kind of crossers and things that A.J. Brown's really good at. But you need A.J. Brown's speed. Or, I can't believe I'm saying this, Racy McMath showed me a little bit yesterday. Racy McMath at least has a vertical element to his game. He's not playing full-time by any means. No. But he can give you some snaps that might change coverage a little bit because he is a threat to run by someone. Julio Jones is not a threat really anymore to run by anyone. And so this thing where we're talking about stacked boxes and, and cramped coverage isn't going to change as a result of Julio Jones. He's got to excel within those confines. And may, maybe if he breaks a tackle, he can get into space and then he could be in a race with somebody. He's probably going to get caught, but maybe he gets caught after 15 or 20 additional yards. That's the play that A.J. Brown runs away from, Right and that Racy McMath could maybe run away from. When's the last time you remember the Titans actually throwing a deep ball? A deep ball. They're not equipped to throw no. a deep ball until A.J. Brown's back or until they write something up for Racy McMath. So I don't think Julio Jones, even at his best, changes the dynamic a whole lot in terms of what they see coverage-wise. Think about the, the plays that we saw in the past game down the stretch of last season. The, the storyline was Henry... But A.J. Brown had two epic, like, highlight reel for the season description plays. Uh, Baltimore's touchdown, where he catches that slant and then powers his way through all of those defenders Inside for the touchdown. The five-yard line. And then that, that circus-like catch in Houston, 
where he he goes up and that one hands it and he, that's the element that they just don't have. They're not and dynamic. It, it's not it, just not fast. The it's roster is what it is right now. The, so the question is: now Jones could be dynamic with his strength. Yes, he can't be dynamic with his speed. Well, is is the formula that they're doing? And again, it's a winning formula. Uh, are they capable of being consistent with it? And not just against the teams like Jacksonville, but can they go to Pittsburgh and use that same type of formula? Uh, the formula being you control the clock, you don't turn it over, and then your defense does what it does. It only Right now, I mean, think about where this team would be had this defense not as exceeded expectations on improvement. Since week one, and I'm taking out the blowout, the blowout counts against them. But since week one, the Titans' defense has allowed just 21 points per game. Last year, they allowed 27 points per game. So it's a touchdown less, which is impacting how they're able to control clock and play with a depleted offensive lineup and one that's not explosive. And then last year against the run, 121 rushing yards allowed per game. This year, they're second best in run defense. They only allowed 91 rushing yards per game. That's playoff defense. That's that's playoff winning caliber as long as the offense is capable of going and producing points. They did it in the first quarter, and they did it at a high level. Then they drop off over the final three quarters. And third down off the charts better. Um I mean, Shane Bowen's the coach of the year on this staff. To me, yeah. there's, there's, not, there's not a doubt about it. The light years improvement. The way we saw a drop-off when Dean Pease was done to last year, now Shane Bowen being actually named the defensive coordinator. He's back. It, it has, it, it's, been the, it's been the same size jump up as we saw a free jump fall down, down right. a year ago. 19 sacks to 32 And now. Hutton's right. I, I mean, that's, that's what's actually. bailing out this team right now with, with the offensive struggles. And with Ryan Tannehill's struggle, even when the team was healthy, Ryan Tannehill was struggling, and the defense has bailed them out in this position because of them. I think the answer to your question, Hut, is, is too simplistic, really, uh, about can they win with this formula. If you're playing this formula, you have to win turnovers. Yes. If you turn the ball over the way they did the last two games – uh, against Houston and, and New England, you can't win. And if you force the turnovers to an extreme, you shut somebody out like you did with Jacksonville. But against a good opponent, it's probably going to come down to uh, field position based off one turnovers. And it's probably not going to be 4 nothing one side or 5 nothing the other side. Right. It's probably going to be 2-1 mm-hmm. or one nothing. Um, you got to come out on the, on the top side of that. That's a very simple, basic answer, but it's the way the league goes. They're going to be in tight games. Their offense is kind of going to be ugly and scrappy and fight for everything. The defense is going to have to carry them. And in carrying them, it's going to have to take the ball away, be it pulling the ball free or finding timely interceptions. And they need to be the defense that does that, not the other one. And their offense is susceptible to giving the ball up. It's got to play safe. Well, if they're going to stay exactly where they are, which is right now the two seed, they need Kansas City to be the one because they need to avoid Kansas City in the postseason until they absolutely have to play them. Uh, And I say that because as I go through the formula for the Titans right now, the formula is run the football and, again, control the clock. Don't turn it over. Defensively, low-scoring game. They're going to hold. They're going to get their sacks, get their turnovers, good field position, what have you. Um, Point being, Tannehill's not winning games right now. And... We've seen them play toe-to-toe with the Patriots. Again, they win the game if they don't turn it over. Um, the Ravens are backsliding. The Chargers can't stop the run. 
So I, I like the Titans' ability to do that in the postseason if they match up with them. They've knocked out the Colts twice this year. They beat the Bills. It's Kansas City that they won against that I don't think they can keep up with right now. I don't think they can chase Kansas City and control and play their style of game against the Chiefs if they matched up again. I'd fear the Chiefs. I don't like playing a, a team a third time, looking to beat them a third time either. I wouldn't prefer the Colts for them. I think it would be hard. Uh, they've got a tiebreaker against the Chiefs. They don't have a tiebreaker against uh, New England. So there's a lot of mo- a lot of things that have to break right for what you're asking for, for the number one um, – to be the Chiefs and and for them to stay two and the Patriots to be three, um, so more likely than the Chiefs being number one would be the Titans being right. number yeah, one. Yeah, you're right. Well, which is fine too. Yeah, right. Which would um, be ideal. Um, but I I think um, I'm just saying if they stay where they are, which is the two seed. Yeah. They need to hope that Kansas City gets the one and not New England because I like the matchup better against New England that they could potentially face down the road before they'd have to play. Kansas City, and that's that's in a scenario where they get Henry back, and they're they're they have some momentum in the postseason because they're winning their way to the AFC Championship game. Right now, the Patriots are the number one seed with the tiebreaker over the Titans. They're at nine and four. They had a bye week. Uh, the Titans, with a win yesterday, are at nine and four. Kansas City is the three seed at nine and four. The Titans have the head-to-head win against KC, followed by Baltimore, who lost yesterday, twenty-four twenty-two to Cleveland. They're at eight and five. They're currently the leader in the division, so they have the four seed. They would host a playoff game. Yeah. Uh, then your wild cards, Chargers, Colts, Bills, in that order. So if you got chalk, Titans would host the Bills, uh, and second round, they'd get the Chiefs right. at home, while Baltimore would go to, to New England. So you've got them going two games deep conceivably if they could beat the Bills a second time. I, yeah, I'm just saying the, the matchups for what they're showing us which is just you know a slow and plotting offense that's confined to a twenty yard box. They 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 move in very small increments down the field. Yeah, I agree. They, they, they have well long drives the and they can score, but it's not happening often enough. And I don't think they're built to keep pace with the Chiefs that are going to you know try to knock you out early in the first half. I don't think they can catch up, given the yeah. personnel. And yeah. that that's part of that is just un, unlucky injuries, and another part of it is. Uh, they're, they're just not nearly as dynamic or creative on offense this year. I wouldn't want to play the Chiefs. I, I wouldn't be wild about playing the Patriots again either just because they tend to be precise. And the Titans' offense's failure to be precise is what gets them in trouble. And who can make you not be precise? A Belichick game plan and that Belichick defense, which just did it to them. Well, can, can the Titans, who won with their offense last year, win with their defense this year? That'd be quite a one-year turnaround. The Chiefs are heading on a similar path. I mean, they've won some with defense, but the last two years, the offense has keyed everything. Right now, they're not winning because of their offense. I mean, they're 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 winning on both sides of the football. Their defense, though, is you're right. Their defense is keying everything with the takeaways, uh, the field position. It's pretty dramatic change, it, and it happened midway through the season defensively it's very reminiscent of their Super Bowl victory in 2011 ago, yeah. or 2019 excuse me 2011 2019 where they they turned things around around week 10 the Titans beat them at home in at Nissan Stadium and then from there uh, they made some changes made a trade and they were catapulted into the stratosphere of not just Super Bowl contender but Super Bowl winner 
I I don't know that I like any of the matchups in the playoffs without Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that I can pinpoint one matchup that's good, that good for the Titans unless Derrick Henry's back and healthy. Well, they're capable of playing to their identity, though, which I think is important. They know who they are, and they know what they have they're to do. They're not that good, but we could talk about the Bills and say the Bills aren't that right. good. We could talk about the Colts and say the Colts aren't that good. We could talk about the Chargers and say the Chargers aren't that good. Well, the we Bills have no excuse to not be that Ravens good. That's the difference. If A.J. Brown is back healthy and Derrick Henry's back healthy, the Titans go. are very good. Well, and we think well, differently about They're very offense. good if they have time to ramp up. The Bills aren't very – we'll see. I mean, maybe they, he can step right in and be fine. Who knows? Derrick Henry's a different dude. But I watch the Bills and think, why are they not better than this? There's something else going on there. They should be better. They're not. Once again, McDermott kind of called out Dayball and said, I really like what I saw in the second half. He said that again. About the, the run game stuff. Hard to argue with what they did in the second half. I mean, they seven tried 24-3. <laughs> seven carries compared to no carries in the first half, right? Outside of Josh Allen. Hey, let's give, a, let's give some discussion to the Titans defense real quick on the back end of their defense and Buster Screen, uh, Paul, who's playing well. Uh, I'm not a fan of his throughout his no, career. Um, he's someone great. that you pick on, not someone you want to pick up. He's on the only roster. guy who played all, I think it was 55 snaps. He played 100% of the snaps for the Titans. And Vrabel, I thought, gave him really an ultimate compliment. He said he's come in, been an ultimate pro, and fit in as well as fast as anybody. You know, um, Which, uh, to me, is a massive compliment because they've had so many guys come in. He's talking about guys coming in during the season. Mm-hmm. And he's saying he's done it as well as anybody's done it. Or better. And to say that, when you consider how many guys they've had, and I think he's talking beyond this year, but you think of all of the guys that they've had come in mm-hmm. during Vrabel's tenure. That's a, that's a huge compliment. Including this year. Foreman's come in and, and done things very effectively. Maben came back in this year and had a great game, his first game in. I can't even think of some of the guys that, that you're talking about. Uh, Bobby Hart started a game. He wasn't a great player, but his first game, he played a very effective uh, game. Um, and Titans repeatedly have guys come in and do this. It's a real tribute to Vrabel and this this thing where the Wednesday morning introduction is, if you're sitting in this room, you might be playing on Sunday and we're counting on you to be. And for him to say that Buster Screen has done that as well as anybody is a real compliment. And like you, I've been thoroughly unimpressed by the guy in his time around the NFL when we've <laughs> seen the Titans go against him, but he played really well. On, uh, on Sunday for the Titans. Now, that doesn't mean anything about what he does next week, but for them to get the win against the Jaguars, he was a starting cornerback for Jenkins opposite Fulton, which surprised me, and uh, I thought they'd try to pick on him. Uh, according to Jay Feely, I don't know if you saw this on the broadcast, he said that Trevor Lawrence told him that uh, they intended to pick on Christian Fulton, which is a hell of a read by the Jaguars coaching staff and, and Trevor Lawrence. Now, they didn't have any time to pick on Christian Fulton, but that's a stupid game plan. So the Vols got dealt a huge break in their bowl game against Purdue, but Tennessee fans on Twitter and in our YouTube chat don't want to accept it as a big break in this game. (laughs) I'm going to explain, and I'm going to crush the fans of my alma mater when we return. Sweet. Outkick 360 rolls on. We have been on a great run of strong production assistance. Welcome back to Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. Uh, But the two this past semester flat out got it done. Ellie Sylvia, Dylan Taylor, 
We appreciate you. Uh, I believe this is their last day, officially. Ellie, Ellie checked out months ago, but yeah. this is her last day. Day after she well, Ellie walked into her first day like it was her last day. And she walked into her last day <laughs> like it was her last day. I never... I never consistency <laughs> is what we strive for, and yeah. Ellie was consistent with her attitude. We don't throughout. want either one of them to leave. I mean, on the one no, hand... neither one of them may not be leaving. Yeah. On the one hand, Ellie is very hard to read. And on the other hand, I feel like I've read her hatred for me very well. Like I said... And for that, I respect Consistency. Yeah. Consistency. Just... Not a lot of enthusiasm to be here every day. That's what I want to see. That's what we expect from her, and it's what we got. <laughs> we Dylan and Ellie also just pulled a Leo and basically said, you know what? We're not leaving. We're not leaving. They may not be leaving, so we'll see. I'm a little confused by all of it. If you'd like to be a production assistant, you can uh, hit us up on Twitter, by yeah. the way. DMs need, are open. We need open. a couple. DMs right. are open. Slide up in the DMs. Again, I think I'll we're good because I don't think they're leaving. No adults, please. Yeah, thank you, Paul. <laughs> thank yeah, you we always get the uh, 45-year-old father of three. <laughs> that response says, I got another job, but I'd love to work with you guys three days a week. Yeah, yeah but they're working nights with and weekends. All, with all due respect, no thank you to those requests. No thank you. Uh, Chad, uh, chances are after this rant, oh, it won't be a rant. After, after this, uh, you're about to clarify some things to a Tennessee to Tennessee supporters who don't think that they're catching a break in the Music City Bowl with Purdue missing two of their top players because the top players are going to prepare for the NFL draft. Um, maybe we, we won't have anyone applying for production assistance from Tennessee after what you deliver in this message. Well, the ones that we want to apply will still apply because they're the smart ones that I'm talking to right now. I'm actually talking to the not-so-smart ones. <laughs> So Jeff Brom, head coach of Purdue, announced today that David Bell, great wide receiver, first-team All-American, and George Karlaftis, who is a terrific defensive lineman for Purdue, will both not play in the Music City Bowl. I simply tweeted out, boy, this is a big break for Tennessee from a matchup standpoint these guys aren't playing. You would have thought that I cursed some of their mothers by saying this. I'm getting a lot of, oh, well... Tennessee's without Cade Mays and Alante Taylor, so I would call that about even. This isn't a big break for Tennessee. It's a huge break for Tennessee. These are two All-Americans, first-team and third-team All-Americans on a Purdue team that's not overly talented. (laughs) This is the focal point of their offense and their defense that's not playing. I'm not saying Tennessee's going to automatically win because of this, but I guarantee you I haven't looked. But I bet Vegas said that line just went up and Tennessee's favored by more now than they were before this announcement. So it's absolutely a break. Do I think it's a good thing that Cade Mays and Alante Taylor, we know Alante Taylor's not playing. We suspect Cade Mays isn't. It's a good thing for Tennessee. No. But if I'm rating it on the scale of what's the bigger break, the bigger break is for Tennessee that the two All-Americans for Purdue are not playing in this game. With all due respect to Cade Mays and Alante Taylor, Cade Mays is not the focal point of this offense. Alante Taylor is not the focal point of the defense. It's a bigger break for Tennessee. Accept it. How Be could okay anybody with it. disagree with that? They're so defensive. Well, I don't because, get it. well, because they're missing their own guys, and they want they want the perception. Be equal. They don't want it's the media equal. perception to be. If Tennessee lose, oh my gosh, how could Tennessee have lost this game? Well, not just that. without these two guys. But if you we win, don't wanna, if you win, it's a lesser win. It's a oh, you know, Purdue was minus their two top all If you really want, okay, if you if you were playing it for the I want to have the better excuse game, which a lot of fans will play at all times, just fall back on the, well, they've got more scholarship players than we do. So they should have won anyways. There you go. I just provided you with your built-in excuse if you lose this game if you're Tennessee. 
well, they got more scholarship players because of all the turmoil uh, with Tennessee after Pruitt's firing. Paul. There's your excuse. You're welcome. Thank you for Play a, offering a, that. A quick game of are they in the transfer portal? Oh, fun. Quarterbacks, are they in the transfer portal? Uh, Spencer Rattler from he Oklahoma. Is, he is he, in the transfer He portal. is in the transfer portal. Ding, 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 portal. ding, ding. We need some sound effects. Nebraska's Adrian Martinez. He is in the yes, transfer Yes, he portal. is. He's on the move. And Cornhusker fans everywhere rejoice <laughs> at that news. They <laughs> rejoice gonna, that he is Someone scrap is someone else's scrap. When you see the alternatives, you're going to miss him. Uh, UCF's Dylan Gabriel. He is not in the transfer He portal. is in the transfer portal. Eh. Quinn Ewers. Of? A bit of a trick question. Ohio State. Quinn Ewers of Ohio State. It's a bit of a trick question. Yeah, My answer is I don't care. Well, as of uh, yesterday, he's officially going to Texas. Going oh, to Texas. Oh, I did see that. Uh, reportedly going to make NFL first-round yeah, draft pick money in yes. NIL. I don't believe it. That's nonsense. Uh, Southern Cal's Keaton Slovis. He is in quarterback. The transfer quarterback, yes, and Auburn's Bo Nix. He is. I saw him go today. How about that? That's the, that feels all these guys in the transfer portal or were Quinn Ewers like, now going Bo to Texas. Bo Nix going. Let me give a word of advice yeah, to, to first um, Chad. Give me the level of school that Bro, Bo Nix will wind up at. UCF. Mm. He'll go play for his old coach Gus Malzahn. That would make a lot of sense for Bo Nix. Um, here's my word of advice to all these quarterbacks in the transfer portal: pick somewhere quickly. Fast. Because slots will fill up because there are a lot of quarterbacks in the transfer portal and there are a lot of teams who have quarterbacks coming back. If you think you're going to step right in and start somewhere, pick that school immediately. That that would be who, my word of advice because this is, is a game of musical chairs and you do not want to be left without a seat and a starting job. Who is Kiffin linked to among those quarterbacks? You know there's got to be one. I've seen some Spencer Rattler talk. Um, Dylan Gabriel was linked to Levy. You know, I'd love to see. Give him Martinez. I'd love to know. <laughs> I would love to see Bo Nix go intra division and go to Ole Miss oh. and see what Lane Kiffin could do with him. I saw some one person say, just make Bo Nix play one game for every SEC team. <laughs> <laughs> How much fun that would be. He would play, there's that many games. Play one game for every SEC great. school and see how he does. Uh, about half the league, he, he'd play a great game for about half the league. It'd be exactly. great if he played for you one weekend and against you the next week. The weekend. next week, he's the opposite quarterback. Once you get his tendencies down, he's the opposing quarterback. Monday night football tonight where the Cardinals are hosting the Rams. The Rams are without Jalen Ramsey. Um, there have been 35-plus players test positive for COVID today. Um, what's interesting is Higby tested positive and then has, has, according to Schefter, he has had two back-to-back negative tests, but for whatever reason, he's not allowed to play tonight, which is beyond could be, me. Could be eligible tomorrow. Makes not a lot of sense. They no. play tonight. <laughs> yeah, the bad news out. for him is they play a football game tonight. Yeah, that, that's what... If by chance the game is postponed, he'll <laughs> be a great chick. He'll play on Tuesday night football. Yeah, Titans have done that once. Yep. Um, and... We also saw Wednesday night football last year. But yeah, Fun times. a number Fun of players on the COVID list uh, today, including the Giants uh, wide receiver Kadarius Toney, their rookie, uh, Josh Gordon, wide receiver in Kansas City, among others. Um, I'm taking the Cardinals tonight. I took them before uh, Jalen Ramsey was ruled out of this game. But uh, the Cardinals, two-game lead over the Rams. I don't trust L.A. Uh, with their identity uh, throwing the football. I, I just think Arizona's a bit more balanced. 
uh, defensively and on and offensively. I I just think they're the better team than LA. LA got back off their uh, off the skid with a win over Jacksonville last week, but their November was horrible. I think that carries over. I'm sticking with the Rams. Bounce back, Van Jefferson. By the way, um, I'm going cards also. Add one other name to that quarterback transfer list. Go ahead. Our guy in College Station, Zach Calzada. Oh, that's right. Is also in the transfer That's portal. right. He'll have to beat Alabama somewhere else next year because he is out. Staying, by the way, Hendon Hooker. That's Hendon Hooker news. stays That's We'll Knoxville. discuss more and of that tickets tomorrow. went on sale immediately. Enjoy Monday Night Football. We are back at it tomorrow from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. We'll be recapping the game. Plus, John McClain joins the show for Outkick 360. A softer approach. Please don't block the box, but do lock the locks.